You're listening to On the Couch with Carly. Carly's Couch is a safe space to talk. I'm a psychologist, but I'm not your pipe-smoking, tweed-wearing stereotype. Hello, and welcome back to On the Couch with Carly Season 2. Thank you so much for coming back to this podcast. And if you are a first-time listener, welcome. It is so great to have you. I recorded this episode at the beginning of this year in February when we were sort of in the midst of the second wave, maybe on the tail end of the second wave. And now we're in the third wave in South Africa. And so a lot of the things I'm talking about in this episode are mostly to do with things that was happening for me in February. It was a year Ish, since this whole thing started. We're now almost a year and a half into this whole thing. Um, but I think everything I speak about is just as relevant. And it's really interesting to think about that as well. So thank you very much. And I hope you enjoy it. Okay, so welcome back to On the Couch with Carly. Today's episode, I have the beautiful Beverly Mulder in studio. And we are talking about the Circle of Security Parenting Program which is something we're both licensed to teach and facilitate here in South Africa. And Beverly is way more experienced than I am. So I've brought her in to bring in the big guns and talk about what is Circle of Security. If you're a parent and you're listening, why would you do this course? And even if you're not, it's a really great opportunity to think about your own connections to your parenting experience as a child in your childhood um, and think about what what is security for you and what does it mean to know a safe and secure adult and be in relationship with a safe and secure adult as a young child. So Bev, quickly tell my listeners, who are you? Where do you come from? A little bit of your journey and how you got here. Well, I think my experience um, really comes from all my failures and my mistakes in parenting. So I came across Circle of Security about, let's see, well, my youngest was, um, my youngest had just been born. I had three children under the age of four. So my eldest was four, had a three-year-old and a newborn baby. Sure. In the trenches, as they say. Totally. And I came across Circle of Security through a friend who knew I was interested in learning how to parent better. I'd done a number of courses already. I was absolutely adamant that I wasn't going to make the same mistakes my parents had made. And I guess if you can say that there are 12 flaws in parenting and the 13th one is trying to be a perfect parent, that was me. That, that was me to a T. I was trying to parent perfectly and had done a number of courses um, and thought I actually had it down to a T. My first two children were actually relatively easy, cooperative. Um, they didn't really experience the terrible twos, the toddler tantrums. So I was probably that parent you come across that's a little bit smug on the inside. <laughs> it didn't show on the outside, but I think internally I was like, oh, no, I'm doing okay. And then my third child completely unraveled me. Hmm. And my eldest started going to school because in the UK, in in England, um, where I was living at the time, you send your child off to school at the age of four. And she was um, struggling. Home life had changed. We We had a baby. She was off to school trying to cope out there on her own. And being the youngest in her year, which in the early years is really significant. And she was coming home with a lot of emotional baggage and just not being herself. And thankfully, I had at the time accepted, I basically opened myself up to going on this parenting course, even though I thought I kind of, "Mm, I think I've got it sorted. I, I know what I'm doing. I went on it and felt actually quite defensive. A lot of the stuff I was hearing was challenging and wasn't quite in line with 
what I had learned so far. And it was hard. So I actually resisted it. <laughs> I found myself questioning a lot of the content, but something kept taking me back. Something kept bringing me back to the course every week. Um, it's an eight-week course and week in, week out, I would show up and I felt very uncomfortable. But it was in week five when we learned about something called shark music, which is really speaking to triggers that we have from our own past, our own histories of being parented, things that feel uncomfortable. So we either withdraw or we suppress or we push away. And actually, I remember very clearly the day after that session, my daughter waking up, heading down, we were downstairs, the three of us, my three kids and myself, getting ready for school, having breakfast. And I opened up a new jar of peanut butter. And I can't remember exactly what happened, but somebody else managed to get to the peanut butter jar before her. And she was really looking forward to being the first one to put her knife in the peanut butter jar. <laughs> and this just set her off. She, she just got really upset, started wailing. My immediate response was like, that's not okay. It's just a peanut butter jar. And she stormed off upstairs and I could hear her throwing things about in the bedroom. <laughs> like really, really angry as a four-year-old. And I just had time to pause and kind of, as I made my way upstairs, just to think, okay, what, what else is going on here? Because of the sharp music session the night before, that actually to kind of stop and think about my immediate response and just to, to step back from that, which would have been like, that is not acceptable. You do not do that. You don't throw things around. What's going on? Don't be ridiculous. Come downstairs right away. We've, we've got to go to school. It was actually just to stop and go, oh, there's something else going on here. And I was able just to get down to her level and held her in her anger, she was just, yeah, she was just able to, to cry. And I, I knew in that moment that that's what she needed, that she just needed to be held. And as I just held her there in silence, and I think I was welling up myself, because just like, whoa, she's really, I could really feel her hurt and her pain. Um, she started saying, the kids at school are, are, are pinching me under my skirt and I have no one to play with. And just all these things, all, all, all the stresses that she was carrying as a four-year-old going out into the world, trying to make her way at school. So I just remember that being really powerful and actually alerted me to my own sharp music, that actually this seeing intense feelings in my children and having that expressed that was scary for me mm. uh, because of the way that anger had been expressed when I was growing up. It wasn't safe. I don't know if that makes sense, but... Absolutely. I mean, I think it's incredibly beneficial that you started your journey with Circle of Security Parenting as the parent in the course learning because for myself... I started as a clinician and then added on this as a kind of, you know, add-on to my clinical repertoire, so to speak. And I think it is, it, it just feels like you come with a depth of understanding with the material. It's almost like you get the rawness of it, right? You get the experience of learning it fresh, of learning it when you didn't know what it was about and you had to take it on and that resistance that you speak about. Because I think it gives you so much more empathy not more empathy, but it gives you such a different insight into how parents may experience this course. And also just that kind of, I guess, I want to say humility, but I think it's like patience with yourself. Because I think so much of what we get as parents is that thing you mentioned, the idea of perfection, you know, getting it right. And how the circle of security is such an uncomfortable process because so much of it is about debunking and undoing these ideas we have of getting it right, of being perfect parents. I mean, there's even a disclaimer at the beginning of the course where it says this this course is rated PG for parental guilt because, you know, we, we know that parents mm -hmm. are going to see this and, they're go and it's going to go straight to that place of, oh, shit, I didn't know this. I should have done better. So I think what's really amazing about your story is that you have journeyed through all those feelings and 
are still processing that. It's like an ongoing thing to be a parent and to learn about being with emotions mm -hmm. with your children. And that you have that, that you're holding that always in your mind, I think makes you a really amazing facilitator. And I had the privilege of observing Bev on a course she did recently, and it was incredible to see her at work. Because the thing about Circle of Security is that it's not like other parenting techniques or trainings where you get taught how-tos, you know, do this, do that. It's not behavioral. It's not a set of instructions that you have to follow. And so it makes it really hard because so much of it is about seeing things that you wouldn't normally see, like you described. Having a situation play out that you probably would have seen a few times before that, you wouldn't have had that same response. Mm -hmm. And so circle of security is about seeing things differently, having what the circle of security people talk about, seeing what's hidden in plain sight. Mm -hmm. And I think what I'm learning through you, Bev, is that circle of security is so much more about the little in-between moments of learning that happen as a parent and not so much about the didactic material that is taught in Circle of Security. Mm -hmm. um, and just to give a little bit of a, a kind of spiel about what Circle of Security is, it's a, as you said, eight-part series where you sit together for about an hour and a half, sometimes two hours with parents. It's best done in a group. Mm -hmm. And there's a video that's been created by the founders of Circle of Security. And what's amazing about that is it means that it's very standardized. So mm -hmm. you know that... You've been trained in circle security by someone else from me, but we both will use the same materials and we both have been taught to use it in the same way. And so that really keeps the integrity of the, of the system. So you get about 15 minutes of video per session. And then in between that, you're processing with the parents. And it's so much about being with and recognizing what the parents are going through each session and connecting with their experiences of what they see in the video and what it brings up for them and how they reflect back on their own experiences in their mm -hmm. childhood, as well as their experiences with their children. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And I think the power of the course is, as, as you said, it's not about behavior management. And I think as parents, a lot of the time we come to these things wanting a quick fix, mm -hmm. wanting to solve a particular issue. And actually what the Circle of Security taught me is really to see the hidden in plain sight, to see that actually this is a relationship that's playing out between myself and my child and learning to relax into that. So something about the Circle of Security, while it does alert us to our blind spots, some of the things that perhaps we weren't seeing that we were doing before, and it helps us to see ourselves as our child might see us, which can be quite difficult. It also gives you a confidence to know that actually we can trust in the relationship, that the relationship is enough. And for me and my perfectionism, that was huge. I didn't actually have to be the perfect parent. And my children were not a reflection of how I was doing as a parent. So I didn't have to manage their behavior all the time. I think I was so worried about how they behaved in public and, and how they responded to people and what that would say about how I was parenting them. And actually just to see them as their own little people, their individuals. I am my own person. And what we're trying to do is, is learn to trust in, in, in the goodness of us and the goodness of, of the relationship um, and I, it meant that even, I remember, you know, we, we would organize a, a, a trip out to the park and there would be this anxiety that we would all have a great time and it would be a lovely, idyllic walk in the park and no one would get upset. But actually, having done the course, I, I was able to go, okay, well, you know, it's okay if you're struggling and, and you're, you're tired of walking and, and I can just be with you in that. I don't have to fix you or mm. make you be any different, okay? I can just, okay, you're, you're struggling, it's, 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 tired. it's tiring walking when you're only two or three. 
let's do this instead. It just kind of opens up lots of possibilities and I don't actually have to manage the behavior or the situation, but I actually can just be with them in whatever they're experiencing. And that that is enough to bring connection and takes the pressure and stress off hugely because it's not about me anymore. It's just about attuning to where they're at and, and just being with them in it. And that is hugely supportive for them as well. It helps them to trust in what they're experiencing. And I think that's a, a key aspect of the circle of security that we talk about it as a circle because really what we're trying to get our children to do is to trust in themselves as they go out into the world. So the top of the circle is our child going out to explore the world, which we're all wired to do as human beings, is to go out and face challenges, experience different environments, make friendships. And then there's also the need to come back in. So when you've had a tough day or something's happened at school or you're just feeling a bit empty and you want to come in for comfort, but you have that safe pair of hands and the ability to come back in, to seek comfort, to seek protection, to talk to someone about what you're feeling. And then from that place, you're able to go out again. And so it's this seamless circle and our children are learning constantly to trust in themselves and to trust in others. So really it's about balancing their need for autonomy and their need for closeness, which just gave me a whole new way of looking at my role as a caregiver and as a parent and how to create safety in, in relationship and how to support them and who they are. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think people don't always know the difference between what Circle of Security is, which is an attachment-based program, versus attachment parenting. I don't know too much about attachment parenting, but what I understand about attachment parenting, the basics of it is that it's very much about closeness and closeness facilitating attachment. But I think the part that might be missing from that is the need for exploration and that to actually have a secure relationship with another human being, we need to be comfortable with closeness and separations. Mm -hmm. And that's really important. And I think it's such a big piece that people don't, know how to navigate. And I think Circle of Security is really brilliant at giving us a very gentle experience of what that looks like. Because very often, it's our stuff, right? As parents, mm -hmm. we want the closeness, the permanent closeness. We want that feeling of, you just want to come cuddle with me all the time. Or we find that really triggering and we only want our children at arm's length, you know. Mm -hmm. So what's great about the circle of security is it sort of unpacks and helps you to identify where you're struggling on the circle. Mm -hmm. Are you are you managing both sides or both, I guess, both both the top and the bottom? Mm -hmm. Or do you really struggle with closeness or separations? And if you're struggling with separations, you might be giving your children a message unconsciously that separations are dangerous and they might then not go out and explore in a way that is natural. And so that does show up in, in some problematic behavior later on. So although circle security is not a behavioral method, it can and does affect children's behavior significantly. Because once you're aware of what you're doing in your relationship with your children, you can, you can actually shift the way you feel and think about it. And I think those moments, I'm sure for you as well as a facilitator, like those moments are so brilliant when you see someone actually going, oh, I could do this slightly differently. And it has an amazing effect. You know, children are so adaptable and they change before our eyes. And it's so mm. exciting to see that, oh, all I have to do is make this small shift and it really changes the way they are. Mm. Have you seen any amazing changes? Like, like, what are some of your best moments that you've observed with parents in the course that they've sort of come back to you with aha moments and gone, you know... I've, I've really seen a shift here for me in, in my relationship with my child. 
I'll come to that in just a second, but just in listening to you talk, I think it's just fascinating to hear, well, to see and observe how this plays out in our adult relationships, that actually mm. this, this fear of separation and what I was describing in terms of like my enmeshment, my children being a reflection of me and not letting them be their own person, like this fusion, which is unhealthy, mm. how that's played out in my relationship with my partner, with my husband, but also even at the moment I'm running a course and there's a young lady who's talking about her being so close to her mum and, and being fearful of conflict because there's something that we experience when we disagree with someone else that will be rejected. So there's a fear of separation, there's a fear of having your own thoughts, your own ideas, being able to hold your own boundaries because of that fear of separation. So it kind of plays out in all sorts of ways. Um, and it starts from when we're little, our experience with our primary caregivers when we're little give us a blueprint for how we relate to other people in the world. And even how we choose our partners, which is just really interesting and a whole other area. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there have been so many moments. So they're, they're really exciting moments when you see a shift from the beginning of the course towards the end and parents really processing out loud some of the things they've identified in their relationship with their child and how they've gone from seeing the child as a problem to actually realizing, oh, there's something here that I, I'm fearful of and that I need to shift. Mm. I'm just trying to think of an example. So I think there was one course where actually I had a father who was coming to the course because of his wife, having been persuaded to come on by his wife, and uh, was a little bit non-committal to begin with, but actually kept showing up uh, week in, week out, and started to speak about his eldest daughter just really wanting more of him and wanting to see him more. And, and actually, from his point of view, he had to be at work all day long. This is what his father had modeled to him that actually dad's responsible for bringing home an income and that's my responsibility and my duty and that's just the way it is. I just work long hours, that's the way it is. And something about his daughter's bids for closeness and affection and just, oh, can't you be home more, just really triggered him and actually made him push away even more. But when he could recognize that, when he could recognize how he struggled with the bottom half of the circle and he struggled with closeness and he could see that that was a legitimate need on the circle, he could shift his response to her. And it actually opened up a whole new world of possibility for him. So by the end of the course, he was even actually contemplating a, a change of, of job. Um, and it doesn't always have to be that extreme. I think what's beautiful about the circle of security is that actually sometimes, even if we can't change the outcome, to recognize what our child is experiencing and to be with them in it, that mm. is enough. And that is so powerful. So the child isn't left thinking, what's wrong with me that I that I want this and I can't have it mm. um, or I'm missing my dad? Is there something wrong with me? But that dad can say, I see you're missing me and I miss you too. It's really hard that I have to work long hours. It's really hard that I'm away for so long and can connect with that feeling of, of just loneliness or loss or, or just whatever the child is feeling, that it's, it validates the child and what they're feeling. And the connection comes from that recognition and that validation of, of feelings. Yeah, so... Yeah, that's a lovely example. You know, I was thinking now when you were talking about how one of the big messages that Circle of Security gives parents is just how important you are to your child. And I think it's actually a forgotten message. People forget how important they are or they don't know how important they are. And as parents, you know, that that's the significance of who you are to your child. And sometimes it's just about coming back to that, being aware of it and noticing how every moment with your child is significant. And children, if you watch children, you can see how they are so attuned. They're connecting all the time to us and looking for our cues and doing what they can to 
to be in relationship with us. And I think that message just in and of itself is so powerful mm. that I think sometimes if we can let ourselves feel it, the actual kind of depth of that, which is profound, it's almost enough of a awakening that, okay, if this matters so much, then I then I do want to know why I shout when she whines you know, or when she asks me the things seven times in a row, you know, why is that triggering me? Why mm. why does that bother me so much? And the the big moment in the course for me is when you start unpacking what you as a parent went through as a child and you look at your parenting experiences and you start to think about what emotions your parents were able to accept and explore with you when you were little. And it's always so profound to see how parents start making those connections of like, oh, yes, I I didn't have someone manage and regulate my anger for me. I was told it's bad. Do not express it. And therefore, I have a major blind spot when it comes to anger. I just don't know what to do with it. It's scary. It's totally frightening. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the big things with Circle of Security is this kind of mantra, always be bigger, wiser. What's it, what's it again? Bigger, bigger, stronger, wiser, bigger, kind. stronger, wiser, kind. Sorry, I lost my, my thought there. Bigger, stronger, wiser, kind. And, you know, that the idea of being bigger, you know, sometimes emotions make us feel small. Mm-hmm. And we're not smaller than these emotions, but they 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 trigger us. They trick they trick us into feeling really small and really scared. When in actual fact, it's just a it's just a toddler having an emotion, mm. or you know. And those moments they can be painful because they alert us to something that we went without, and and that is painful to recognize. Sure, exactly, and to face that, to look at it, but then also to realize because I think that's what's healing. Yes, it's painful, and be with that, like. Obviously, that's not what Circle of Security is about. We don't offer therapy for, for parents, but parents might be alerted to something that they need to process still. They might want to then go process it outside of that space with a therapist, which I think is a great idea. If, if Circle of Security kind of challenges you to process your, your stuff around your childhood, it's a brilliant opportunity to actually go into therapy. Absolutely. But I think what's so amazing is that once we actually see it and work through it, we see that actually... It isn't scary. It is just shark music, right? It's just something inside of us that feels daunting and overwhelming and can be overcome. It's hard and it's an everyday event and it's not something that's going to go away and it's not something we're going to get right, quote unquote, every time. We're going to get overwhelmed. We're going to feel exasperated at times. We're going to be frustrated at times. And that's okay too. It's not about saying you're never going to feel triggered again, you know, mm -hmm. do circle mm -hmm. security and you'll never be triggered again. It's not like that. It's it's more about just recognizing and going, in this moment, I'm feeling triggered. It's overwhelming me. I'm feeling all these things. I can take care of my emotions here. I can regulate myself in this moment. And then I'll be able to be here with my child in their feelings. And usually I find that even after you have like a total meltdown with your own emotions, afterwards, when you look at it, you go, oh, okay, it was actually okay. <laughs> I survived that. Feelings pass. <laughs> yeah, feelings pass. Mm. Exactly. Mm. You don't have to get stuck in them. And I think that's, you know, when you're talking about children being attuned to us and how important we are to them, it can feel really overwhelming. But again, it's just so important that we don't fall into the trap of having to do it perfectly. Because actually, what we're trying to teach our children is about the human condition, that life is messy, feelings are messy. Sometimes we have these confusing states of being. We don't know what's going on but we have someone that we can share 
this with and who can hold us in it and who can accept us in our glorious imperfection and the messiness because we are, we are all messy and we all have stuff. But the relationship is stronger than that. It's taken me a while to actually really allow that to sink in and to, and to relax into that, to kind of let go of the perfectionism. Even with circle security, my temptation was want to try and attune to all the needs and be with all the time. And that does our children a disservice, actually, because what we're doing when we fail them and when we miss moments, which we will, they will happen because life happens and we have lots of demands on our attention. We have jobs, we have other relationships. There's lots going on. We will miss moments and that teaches our children resilience. And they talk on the course about the importance of teaching our children to know when to seek help from others with their feelings and when to be able to deal with things on their own. So we talk about self-soothing. And moments, even from when they're, they're infants, there are video clips of six-month-olds where they have this, these moments of self-soothing, which if we can learn to recognize, we can go, oh, okay, that's what's going on there. And let me not interfere with that because that's important. The child is learning to self-regulate in my presence, you know, with, with a safe other. Mm. Because that's what we want, right? Is, is to have moments as adults, we want to be able to learn to manage our own feelings. But we also want to know that it's safe to turn to a trusted other when, when something's too much and we can talk it out with someone close to us. That's what brings connection. Absolutely. Yes. And I think I remember there's also that line where it's, where it's about you want to attend to your children's needs and be available to them and show them that their feelings matter. But you also don't want them to feel like the whole world stops because they're having a feeling. Because that's also not helpful mm -hmm. to set them up for that expectation that that's how it's going to be out there, you know. So yeah. it is okay to miss their cues sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it mm -hmm. is okay to not attune in moments because that is that is also the reality of how it is to be human and to be in relationship. Mm. This idea of perfection keeps coming up, right? Yeah. This, it's like this fixation that we have around getting it right, mm. you know, fixing it, getting mm. it perfect. And it's mm. destructive actually because mm. it's actually inhuman. Mm. And it gives us the opportunity to model repair and how to make amends, which is really powerful. I'm, I'm just thinking back to uh, an, another time. I'd already done the circle of security probably like three or four times. I was learning a lot and had a friend who just, she let me keep coming back. And I had this moment with my son who must have been, I think, three at the time. And we just got back from holiday in South Africa and daddy was back to work and it's back to school. And in the UK, in, in London, it was bleak and cold and wet and dark. And I, in hindsight, remember thinking that must have been a difficult time, the transition from holiday or family all being together. And my little boy is a real family guy. He's a real connector, uh, loves it when we're all together. And I remember thinking, okay, well, after school, I'll take them all to this jungle gym and I'll sit there and I'll make sure I'm just with them and delighting in them. And of course, what did I do? I sat at a table, had a coffee and looked on my phone the whole time <laughs> while they all went off and played. And so I was completely, I think I was struggling and didn't know how to go mm. with my own struggles. So I just disconnected and went to my phone. And then he had, uh, we had to leave and it was getting close to bath time and I had to get the youngest, my, my, my baby. I had to get home and in the bath, fed and in the bath and to bed on time. And so I was feeling the stress and the angst of, of time. And he now starts fussing about a glove and the label inside his glove. And he's always been a little bit particular about his clothing and how they fit. And I was just feeling, oh, come on, you know, not this. So my immediate response was to want to fix it, right? Like, okay, let's go and ask the person running the jungle gym if he has a pair of scissors. Let's cut the label off and let's go. And he's still fussing. He's still something wrong with the glove. Da, da, da. And again, I'm just like, come on, Josh, we've got to go. I'm responding from my anxiety and my stress and my own discomfort and, and not actually having had time to process what was going on for me. 
So we're outside, I'm pushing the buggy, got the two little ones in the cold. And I'm just thinking, we just need to make it over the bridge to the car park, get in the car and get home. And that's what my mind was fixated on. And all the while he's fussing, stopping, delaying our trajectory. And it took me actually a few attempts to try and figure out what was going on. And they weren't brilliant. They were messy and um, not particularly graceful. And I, I would say things like, come on, Josh, I can, okay, I, I know you're struggling, and um, but can, can, we just, can we just stop this whining and this moaning? Can we just get over it? It's just a glove. And I kept doing that and it wasn't really working. He was still fussing, whining about the glove, don't want to walk, don't want to do this. And I think with each response, I was getting slightly closer to kind of the desired <laughs> kind of just being with him, but, but it was hard and, and I was kind of self-correcting as I went along. So I think the next time was like, okay, Josh, I, I know it's difficult, but you know, I'm struggling too. Can we just, can we just get over the bridge and, and we'll fix it then? Anyway, eventually we got over the bridge and he was still not okay. I wasn't okay. We were totally disconnected. And I remember just taking a deep breath, picking him up and putting him on the ledge and looking him in the eye and said, look, I'm, I'm really sorry. Mummy's responses haven't been great. I can see you're struggling. I'm also struggling. I'm sorry I was mean. I'm really sorry. And his response just completely floored me. <laughs> his response was, Mummy, you're the best in the world. I love you. And I was just, uh, that completely just highlighted to me the importance of not getting it perfectly right. It's not about getting it perfectly right. It's about when we do make mistakes, and we will, to actually being able to step back and go, okay, I'm, I'm not helping here. I'm not being bigger, stronger, wiser, kind. I am acting out of my own anxiety. And my tendency was to act mean and to push and to, and to, to shut down. But if I can just take a step back from that and say, okay, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm really sorry. I've not been helpful. My responses haven't been helpful. But that is huge and it's so connecting and that's all he needed. And to have such a response like that, mummy, I love you. You're the best. And I was able just to say then, look, jump on my back. I'll piggyback you the rest of the way to the car. It was so connecting. It was so powerful. And I think it just highlights to me that actually giving our children a corrected version of what being in relationship and what healthy attunement looks like, even after a series of misattunements where we're mismatching and, and we're not hearing each other, that that is good enough. Yeah. Um, and it's so powerful that we can, yeah, we can make amends. Totally. Beautiful. Beautiful example. Mm. And his forgiveness, right? I mean, it's just instant, you're okay. Instant, I see you and you're you're doing great, mum. Mm. Like, you know, he gave you your need in a way. He met mm. your need totally. in that moment. And it could be repaired for both of you mm. that were feeling, you were both feeling the rupture in that moment. Mm. And I think we were both feeling probably quite similar. And actually, yeah, a, a sense of grief and loss at the end of the holiday. Yeah. A disconnection. Yeah. Um, mm. Mm. No, they're so, they're so profound, these little people. One thing I just wanted to quickly speak to you about before we say goodbye, unfortunately we have to go because of time, is the idea of hands holding hands. So we've spoken a bit about shark music and triggers and getting it wrong and then correcting. One thing for me that feels really important to talk about is just acknowledging and emphasizing how we as parents need support. And part of circle of security is that process, is having mm -hmm. a holding environment, a space where your thoughts and feelings are being thought about and made sense of and understood by someone mm -hmm. who is in that role. But that after the course is finished, that still needs to be something that you seek out in your life. So tell me about what you would recommend to parents. Like, what do I do when I know this thing is triggering me? I know that I get riled up and I'm doing my best to regulate for my children, but my emotions 
are still my emotions. Where do I take them? What do I do with them? Help me think through that. Like, what would, what would you do? We really encourage people on the course to find a trusted other, whether it's their partner or the person they co-parent with or their own parent or a friend or a group of other mums, perhaps a mums and toddlers group where there's safety. You find someone you connect with and you can speak honestly and vulnerably about struggles in um, your parenting and also share some of your strengths. There's something really powerful about putting words to some of our experiences and just the process of being able to say out loud some of the things we're struggling with and having someone hold space for that just helps us with our reflection and helps us to become aware of stuff that perhaps we weren't aware of before and and then to make new choices. For me personally, I, I found it difficult. I think because of my own history of being parented, my own my own childhood, I find the bottom of the circle quite difficult. I was grateful I had part of my church group, a, a small group of women that I went to, and, and there was vulnerability there because speak about things. But my tendency is to try and deal with things on my own. So while I recognize the need to talk and I speak to my husband and I'm leaning into that, what I also try and do is actually journal. So if I can't always find someone to talk to or because of my own tendencies, is I actually find just writing things out really helpful. And over the last year or so, I think especially with, with lockdown and not being able to speak to people as much, I found the practice of just meditation and yoga just really helpful for just getting in touch with how I'm feeling and slowing down some of my reactions. And I think for sharp music, that is such a helpful antidote to just to kind of slow our reactivity down and to breathe and find a way of of soothing that parasympathetic nervous system. It's amazing how it plays out throughout your day when you take on that practice like that, even just two or three times a week and how actually it slows down your reactions. That combined with an awareness of sharp music and our automated responses to things, it's really powerful. And I think that in itself is is self-care because you're then expending a lot less emotional energy <laughs> on your reactivity and actually able to respond as opposed to react and sitting and just listening to yourself and to your thoughts and your internal processes and feelings and being able to write those down. I think that's all part of self-care and staying mentally healthy. Absolutely. Exactly. So in those tough moments, just to connect with yourself and ask yourself, what am I experiencing now? What is happening for me It's such a discipline, like you have to actually practice it, but it's so impactful and it has such a a massive effect if you can actually do that and slow down your reactions like that, as you said. Lovely. So Bev, if someone wants to do the Circle of Security parenting course with you, how do they get in touch? Give us some of your details. I'll obviously put this up on the socials as well when we publish the episode. Well, we have a Facebook page called Circle of Security South Africa. So look that up and ask to become a member. It's a private Facebook group. We're in the process of trying to set up a website, so there'll be more information soon. And yeah, you can just email me directly. I'm sure, Carly, you can put my email down um, or get in touch with you because you, you also are running courses. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> throw you in the deep end. My, no, my, my thing is that I do courses in the daytime because I'm currently full in the evenings. So if anyone is keen to do a circle of security course and has some time around midday or just after during the day, please get in touch with me, Carly at onthecouchwithcarly.com. And Bev, do you want to put your email address yeah, out there? Now. Yeah, So Beverly, that's L-E-Y at the end, Mulva, M-O-L-V-E-R at gmail.com. And I also work with Nido Donovan, who's a play therapist. She's also trained to run circle of security and you can look her up. Little Seeds is her website. Okay, great. 
So I will share Nida and Bev's details when we produce the episode. Thank you so much, Bev. It was lovely to speak to you today. And thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks so much. This podcast is recorded at Edible Audio in Cape Town, South Africa. Edited by Edible Audio. Original music by Alex Smiley. Thank you.